All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who is coming off of quite the impressive victory with BKFC Prospect Series, which transpired on February 16th, and quite the emphatic first-round stoppage over Dustin Garrett, and very excited to have Nathan Rivera on Bare Knuckle Radio. How are you doing, Nathan? I imagine you're feeling pretty good after a win like that. Feeling I'm great, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, love to... Finally get to talk to you. I've been watching you for a little bit now. I guess, like, in coming off of a performance like that, like a sub 1 minute 25 seconds, like 1 minute 22 per tapology, to be specific, like, is that almost like the consummate performance you were hoping to have, or did anything happen in the fight that even kind of surprised you relative to your preconceived notion, I guess? Yeah, I mean, so that that was definitely the plan. I... I watched a lot of film, um, so everything that he did, and none of it came as a surprise. You know, me and my team, when it comes to preparing, uh, we take things very seriously. Um, and in, within the preparation, you know, uh, we saw a lot of holes in his game, and we saw, you know, from that's the first thing we do. You know, um, we check out the film and we see see our openings and see our path to victory. Uh, one thing that did surprise me was the size of the ring, which I didn't know until the day of. Um, and of course that changes, uh, things up a little bit, you know, going from a 22 foot ring to a 16 foot ring, um, especially with such a pressure fighter. Um, but you know, those were the cards that we were dealt and, uh, and luckily our preparation you know, brought us to the victory. Yeah, that's kind of curious. Brandon Shavers was someone I was talking to earlier, and he had actually mentioned a similar thing. Like, wow, these are some pretty compact dimensions for the ring. Like, is there something you glean from that kind of experience? Like, is there a preference to maybe fighting in some of the more, like, you know, dimensions related to, like, the numbered events, for lack of a better way to phrase it? Like, I guess what I'm asking ultimately is, did you, I guess, enjoy to a certain extent the more compact dimensions of the ring? Did it lend itself to your style smoothly? Or would you have liked maybe a little more room to kind of, like, counter-strike and have room to kind of move, etc.? Uh, well, I think, I think uh, it's very dependent on the opponent. Right, so for this specific opponent, I think that having a little bit bigger of a ring would have would have benefited me a little bit when it comes to staying out of the clinch. Um, the my opponent was five six, and I'm five ten, five eleven. So uh, I've, I was I had a much bigger reach than him. So staying on the outside was definitely the game plan. Um, but we anticipated him closing that distance and and breaking off that, and that's you know inevitably what got me the finish was the break off the clinch and throwing my straight punches. Um, so I think, you know, there's some guys out there that I think a, a smaller ring would benefit me. And I think there's some guys out there that a larger ring would benefit me, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a fair distinction. I, I just thought to ask because like when I was talking to shavers, I almost kind of presumed in a certain way, like, Oh yeah, like that's great. It probably allowed you to implement your game plan. Like in, as far as like closing the distance and landing, the strike but i mean that is fair too like it also as much as it's about your style can be relative to the opponent too yeah i love I, you know i i love the idea of uh an opponent running less if i'm trying to stalk them down but you know vice versa if that opponent's stalking me down i want to be uh not where he can get me and kind of interesting, like you were talking about the methodology leading into your fights, almost like as if it's like in concert, like both you and your coaches kind of delving into the tape study on your opponents together and stuff like that. Is that kind of like a methodology 
you've always had because I feel like fighters can sometimes vary in that regard. Like, I feel like some get, like, a base level of tape study in, but mostly focus on what they're individually doing, whereas some just get right into, you know, the minutia of, like, all aspects of what their opponent brings to the table and stuff like that. It's cool you kind of do that, like, in collaboration with your coaches and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, so my, uh, you know, it's me and, and my team. We all we all get together. We watch film. We take notes individually, and then we do it together, and we compare notes. And uh, that's kind of what we do for all of our opponents. You know, my best friend um, and, and teammate, and he's always in my corner, Reese Watkins. Uh, he's an undefeated 3-0 uh, professional athlete in MMA. He's a rising star, but he... Um, you know, he doesn't watch film very much. So I, I agree with what you're saying. It's interesting because he doesn't really watch film. They watch like a little bit and then he's like, all right, cool. Um, and, and I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I'll watch every single bit of film from your first amateur fight to your most recent professional fight. I'll watch all of your training videos. I'll watch everything. If it's out there, I'm going to see it and I'm going to, you know, you're not really safe if you have some film out there. Um, and me and my coaches are very detailed and I mean, it's everything, you know, how you react to this or how you step your foot here or even you know walking out and i'll listen to interviews and i'll try to know know my opponent the best i can and i think that helps me prepare for war and you know that's something that me and my coaches have done and me and coach brantley since we've been doing this together uh we've gone four and one and the only loss was a split decision by somebody who missed weight by six pounds in mma and um you know it's a a winning recipe so we're not going to switch it up yeah, no, for sure, and yeah, I was noticing that and, like, doing some backgrounding on you. Like, I've seen your BKFC fights, but then also seeing, like, the previous mixed martial arts contests. Like, ultimately, it's a different sport, for sure, but how much does that, like, familiarity with the clinch and the active infighting really benefit you in your BKFC journey so far? I mean, two first-round finishes, so, I mean, there's something there going on, for sure, but, like, how much is that infighting something that benefits you in the BKFC framework? Uh, just as far as like the clinching and the kind of the the quote unquote dirty boxing. Yeah, yeah, just like the active in fighting clinch components of their rule set. Yeah. Yeah, I um, you know, I've had my first opponent was was drastically different than my my second opponent. My first opponent was a southpaw. He was he had the same reach as me. He was as, as tall as me. My second opponent was shorter than me, stockier, hit harder, and um, had a, a whole different game plan. You know, two different things. And um, I didn't really get much clinching in the first one. In the second one, I definitely got a lot. And, you know, I was able to finish the fight on the outside. And then I was able to finish the fight from the clinch. So I really, I like that component because it's not, um, you know, I feel like you can see a fighter's heart a little bit whenever you get down and dirty and you're in their face. And, and it's a little bit grimier. You know, I think it's a very cool aspect for the fighters then as well for the fans. Yeah, for sure. And a post that I'd seen after your, you know, first fight there, I mean, it seemed like you were already really looking to, like, assert yourself. Like, I saw you put it out there, like, BKFC featherweight division has a new face. And, I mean, you've really shown a lot of skill in even the two fights that I'd already alluded to earlier. Like, what's the, I guess, idea of the trajectory here? Like, you talk about the featherweight division having a new face. I mean, I would parse from that, that perhaps one day you want to cement yourself as champion of that division like what are you looking at in terms of like the path from here on out and the broader goal I mean obviously on the heels of a great win here for sure but like when I see a statement like that I guess I'm wondering what that means and to maybe have you expound upon it a bit more 
Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, so of course we have goals and we have these things um, that we, we want to get to. And, you know, I know that my time will come for the belt. And, uh, and you know, if, if that's what God has in store for me, then it'll definitely be mine. Um, and, and I'll bring it home to the team. You know what I mean? But as far as, like, the trajectory and, and me being the face of the 45 division, there's just not somebody – there's not somebody that can move like me. There's not somebody that can hit like me. There's not a smarter, stronger, faster fighter in the 45 division than me. So, um, you know, God's opened doors in my life with BKFC, and, and I got an opportunity for the Orlando show, and I just knew that I needed to, you know, make a lasting impression because I'm I'm there to stay, and I needed to show everybody. And then my second fight, you know, it's, it's every fight is almost like an interview. You know, you're either interviewing to keep the job or you're interviewing to uh, get the job you know my first fight was an interview to get the job and my second fight was an interview to stay and that's something that mr feldman said in the back and it really rang true with me is that every time you fight uh you're representing yourself you're representing your training and your team and that's the most important thing and um you know fortunately for for me and my team you know there's there's uh there's not there's not one 45 out there that can do it better and that's a bit of a cool mix that I'm getting even talking to you. Like there's this individual confidence in your abilities that's grounded from the work you've put into it. But it seems like there's a commensurate shouting out of your team and how much they've really helped you grow. So I feel like that's an important confluence to have in the journey you seem like you're looking to embark on. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely something that I, I would never dream of doing by myself and I would never dream about doing with anyone else. You know, um, Coach Brantley sacrifices so much to you know he's he's the the mma coach over at american top team team lima he's fought himself um and he's just been around around the block and he really understands fighting you know and he's had a great mma career himself and now he's passing it along to certain fighters and i'm i feel blessed to be working alongside of him my best friend reese and training partner he's you know he takes time out of his own training to help me with my camps and i do the same for him and we have a very very close-knit team and this is a very lonely sport you know when you get in there it feels lonely i mean you're in there with a, another person that's been preparing to to hurt you and, and embarrass you in front of everyone you love so to have that team behind me and i remember the first time i had fought with coach Brantley and and my my teammate reese in the corner um it was another feeling i mean it was just like i was in there by myself but i just know that they had me you know the same way that you come home to your mom and dad one day you know and, and they they are proud of you no matter what. It was the same thing. I just know that my team had my back. So I'm in a position now to where all of this hard work that they've put into me and that we've put in together, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, I'm able to give back to them. So uh, for me to be in this position to give back financially to them uh, is, is everything to me. So I, I don't want to do it with anybody else. And I mean, so many factors here. I mean, just the succinct nature of the performance and you kind of giving that David Feldman analogy that he'd imparted to you about the job interview. I mean, even in that context, I would think that all these factors could facilitate a somewhat quick turnaround. Again, I kind of almost don't even want to mention some of these things because I want you to enjoy the win. I mean, it was an impressive win over Dustin Garrett, but just to say it seems like there's a few factors at play where you could potentially have a very active year if you kind of keep in line with the broader trend so far. I mean, all first round KOs across a couple combat sports kind of speaks volumes, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's something that I wanted to portray to, to Mr. Feldman is that, 
you know, I'm here, I'm ready to go. And I don't, there's, there's no off season for me, you know, and there's no, like right now I'm in the parking lot at the gym, you know what I mean? And I work a nine to five. Um, and I, I, I train in the evenings every evening, Monday after the gym came, it was sparring day and I had, my left hand was good. My right hand was a little sore. Uh, and I was in there sparring, working on my jab. I was on the treadmill, you know, nothing, nothing changes when it comes to, you know, after the fight, unless you're injured for, for me. So for me, I just really needed to let Mr. Felder know that I'm ready to go, you know, and I'm not, um, you know, comparison is, is the thief of joy. You know, when you start comparing yourself to other people, you might feel good until you compare yourself to somebody who's doing a little bit better than you. But as far as active goes with the other 45ers and, uh, in BKFC, I, I'd like to keep pretty active. You know, it's been two or three months and I've had two fights, two first round knockouts. I know some of the ranked guys, it's been a really long career to string out four or five wins, you know, and that's not something that I intend to do. You know, I'm here, I'm here for a reason. God put me in this position for a reason. That's to show that I'm the best in the 45 division. So if that is a quick, you know, four or five fights a year, or if that's strung out, I'm, I'm willing to, willing to, uh, you know, take what comes next because the work doesn't slow up. There's no change. The only change is, is uh, obviously I tighten up the diet because after a win, I definitely like to go and have some cheap meals, you know, every day for about two days. And then after that, I'm back on it. But, you know, the work doesn't change. And this is what I love. I'm in love with the process of, of training with my team. So that won't ever change. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it just seems like you're in a continually improving position in that certain sense. Like I was seeing an article that kind of referenced a couple of these things. Actually, I think it might have been in your BKFC bio, even just like graduating, you know, out of welding school and getting into that and everything. And then you had the quote about, you know, looking at the idea of maybe one day punching a clock for the last time and everything like that. It seems like you're on a good trajectory to do that. Is that kind of like, how you're kind of looking at things too, like maybe even to a degree of being like one of the, you know, big names in a certain sense. Cause we talk about like being a fixture in the featherweight division, almost in like a competitive hierarchy kind of way. But I mean, it would seem like first round finishes are also conducive to getting that star power and the purses that kind of come with that. I would think. Yeah. You know, and that's, that is uh, something that I can, I, I can definitely see happening. I never was shooting for it, but I want to facilitate a life that lets me do what I love with the people that I love for as long as I can. And I love training and I love this, uh, this lifestyle and I love doing it with my team, you know, and I want to have time for my loved ones. And if that is what uh, comes with it, then that would be great. Um, and I'm so sorry. I, what was the, the original question? Oh no, you were just talking about, um, I guess like wanted to, to like, Oh yeah, no worries. Just wanted to like punch the clock like the last time. And I mean, it seems like one of those things where like having a certain level of star power could facilitate having that certain thing. And I was thinking the first round KOs kind of played well into that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then that's, you know, that's another thing is that like, I love, um, you know, my bosses, you know, if you listen to this, you know, uh, Greg, thank you. But, um, uh, you know, one day, of course, I would love to quit my, my nine to five and, and focus training full time. You know, that has been the goal since, since I set out on this journey and that's going to continue to be the goal, um, is just to do this full time. You know what I mean? And I just, it's one of those things where, uh, 
when I was interviewing for my last job, just to share a quick story with you, um, I was interviewing for the job that I have now, um, and I'm, I'm in sales at gas and supplies, so welding supply sales. I'm in welding supply sales, and I was talking to my boss, and he said, well, you know, you can't fight forever, and, you know, how long is it going to take for you to be the best, you know, the best in the world? And I said, respectfully, sir, uh, I am the best in the world, and I just need to get the right eyes in front of me to see that. And I believe bare knuckles where I'm going to get those eyes and uh, I'm going to be able to reach people and they're going to be able to see what I have to bring. So for me, it's a matter of time. It's not a matter of time of like when I'm going to get good enough to be that. Like I am that. I just need to get the right eyes in front of me and uh, beat the right people for everyone to see. Yeah, and I feel like even in certain regards, that's kind of already happened. Like, I thought it was cool seeing the anecdote about how you'd, like, reached out to Nate Shook and you were like, hey, I'm not trying to come off as, come off as disrespectful, but, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. I've got all these first-round knockouts. I think I'd be a good fit for BKFC. So even in that sense, kind of demonstrable to what you said in terms of getting the right eyes on you. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was, I was, um... I was very grateful that, that those doors got opened and I was able to, to come show. And, you know, that's uh, that's something like I said, that's the beauty of, of this sport and putting yourself up up for, you know, for everyone to see. You put yourself on this pedestal and you, you really, you sacrifice your pride and your and uh, your ego and all of that stuff. And you're very vulnerable in there, you know. And that's what I love about this sport is you make yourself very vulnerable and putting yourself in this situation. And then, you know, when you come out on top, the, the feeling is unmatched. It's, it's an amazing feeling. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like what uh, Dustin Poirier said, you know, no pressure, no diamonds. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready for the pressure. You know, I, I stuck myself out there for the first one. I got on a numbered card, and um, I proved that I'm worth diamonds. You know, the second fight, I wrote a letter to Mr. Feldman that uh, said, and I handed it to him before, before the event started, and I said, uh, sir, if you, uh, will you hold on to this letter? And then when I knock this guy out, um, I'm going to give you the nod and, and please open it. And he said, will do, you know, and that's another added pressure. And, uh, the, you know, the brighter the lights, the more I'm going to shine, the, the more pressure, the more diamonds. So, um, I like being raised to this, to this level and, and, uh, overcoming. Yeah, I get what you're saying in that certain regard, and something that I also kind of find interesting. Like, I've mentioned a couple times, like, how many first-round knockouts you've been able to get, but a cool excerpt from one of the BKFC website articles that I liked was talking about, or rather was you delving into how you don't, you know, fight with your face, like, you really have that defensive well-roundedness so that's kind of a cool notion too because you think invariably the higher levels you keep getting in bkfc you'll be faced with more and more resistance but at the same time it seems like you have a whole host of other tools that you know we haven't even got to see yet and could conceivably see in those situations so that's intriguing yeah yeah i definitely um you know i've had a lot of fights including amateur and professional um i've only had three professional fights and i've had a lot of amateur fights and I've never, I've never been knocked out, you know, and I think that just goes to show that the time that me and my team put into defense is, uh, is very, uh, it's, it's very important and it's paying off, you know. I, I've been TKO'd one time as, as an amateur uh, in a kickboxing fight, uh, but never like knocked out, knocked out. I don't, I don't take very big, significant shots to the head, um, and you know, I, I'd like to preserve that for as long as I can in BKFC. And I know it's one of those sports where inevitably you're going to get hit with a bare knuckle and it's going to um, not feel the best. You know, 
yeah, keep the pretty part of the Rivera era going for as long as you can, I guess. That's it. That's it. But another thing that I thought was kind of cool, I mean, talking about, I mean, just like putting yourself out there in a way that, I mean, gets the attention, but is still kind of grounded and humble in a certain regard. Like, I kind of like the whole passing of the letters thing that you seem to have done a couple times, like the letter you gave to Chris Lytle and David Feldman. Like, where did that whole idea come from and everything like that? Uh, I mean, that just came from, from me needing to, again, you know, the first time, the first time I thought I told Chris, I said, hey, I'm going to come talk to you after I, after I knocked this guy out in the first, or I, I said after I knocked this guy out in Orlando here, I'm going to come talk to you. And he said, all right, we'll, we'll be sitting right here. Like, I asked him where he was sitting. So I made an impression, uh, and I was thinking to myself, I need to do another, you know, I need to do it again, and I need to do something different this time. And I think it's a little bit played out to talk about other people and give some other people free clout and, you know, call out this person and that person. And, you know, I'm not really focused on them. I'm focused on me and my trajectory and and showing, showing the, the people that are in charge that, you know, there's a new – there's a new sheriff in town kind of thing. That's the most cheesy thing I've ever said, but you know, there's a new face of the 45 division. And, um, so I made one for Chris so that he could read it out. And I, I handed it to Chris before the show. And I said, Hey man, after I knock this guy out, will you, uh, will you please read this aloud on the broadcast? And then I gave one to Mr. Feldman. Um, because you know, that's the man in charge. And I really, I respect him a lot. I mean, he's, you know, he's done something that not a lot of people have done and he's built, the most incredible, in my opinion, the the most exciting and best combat sport on the planet, and he built that. You know, I'm sure he took a lot of a lot of um, you know L's, I guess you could say, of coming up and making this what it is. You know, um, it's it was most likely a difficult road to get to where it is. You know, and he put himself out there and he took a chance on all these different things. And on the same hand, I'm taking a chance every single day pursuing my passions. You know, like he did and and how he's so successful in it. I'm trying to be so successful. You know, I take a chance on my health, on my pride, on, I take a chance on, on you know, my future, fighting for Bare Knuckles. So I I respect him, and I, I hope that he could see that on the same hand I'm taking these same chances, and if he could just take one more chance on me and, and give me a multi-fight deal, I think we'd be able to make a lot of great things happen together uh, in, in this combat sport that he's built. So that was kind of the idea behind me you know, hollering at Mr. Feldman is a closed mouth. Don't get fed. Like, like we talked about before, but then I just wanted to show him that like I can cash out the checks that I'm writing. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, knuckle mania is right around the corner. That seems like one year kind of eyeball in there for late April. Be good to get some, you know, family out there in Los Angeles and check that one out. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like everybody wants to be, on knuckle mania and rightfully so i mean that's going to be targeted to be the biggest fight card of the of the in you know in the history of the company and i i've never got to fight in front of uh you know my family that's out there i mean it, it's everybody that's out there my mom and my dad are the only family that i have in georgia you know in atlanta everybody else is out there my, my sister and all of my dad's family i he grew up there my mom grew up there i grew up in southern california um so a big part of my heart is in California and specifically the LA region. I mean, my, my grandma lives in K town over there, like in the heart of LA, all my family is outside of LA. So for me to go and fight there and to represent, you know, all of all the Philippines and, and, and 
and be able to hang that flag on my shoulders when I'm walking out there. I think it'd be incredible. And I have people in Northern California that would come down. Just you know, it, it would be it would be an awesome awesome showing for me. Um, and I, I would love to get on that card and fight a game opponent. You know that uh, that really is able to test me and maybe maybe shoot me into uh, into the rankings. You know, and like I said, I'm not really I'm not rushing the rankings. I'm not rushing the the belt. When the time comes, the time comes. You know, I, uh, I'm 26 years old. I've had two fights. I've taken zero significant shots to the head in my professional career. Um, I've come out of two bare-knuckle fights without a scratch, and uh, I'm ready to keep that rolling. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff you've done, and it seems like a lot more great stuff to come. So I really appreciate you making some time to talk after a great win like that, Nathan. But just in the interest of kind of putting the ball in your court, like maybe there's something... We didn't touch on as of yet and just yeah kind of wondering if maybe you have a final parting thought or anything of that sort you'd want to add as we're kind of wrapping up here yeah man i mean i really appreciate the time to interview me and and to to let me tell a little side of me that you know you don't get to see in the ring i think it's very important the job that you have to talk to these fighters because there's a lot more than that 10 minutes can show about what a fighter goes through and and, and their mindset towards the game so i think I think this is a, a very, very cool thing that you're doing, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I guess the lasting thing that I'll leave you with is just that, you know, it's the Rivera era, and it's been the Rivera era. Yeah, that was evident with that one minute, 22 second first round finish. And I feel like I've said it a lot, but I mean, bears repeating again that streak of first round finishes being very popular for you over your career. But yeah, great win over. Dustin Garrett there and just yeah awesome win at BKFC prospect series there on February 16th and just really appreciate you coming on bare knuckle radio Nathan I'm looking forward to the next fight hopefully we can chat before then but until then you enjoy the rest of your night and just enjoy the victory overall absolutely and then one last thing I will leave you before I bounce I do have a lot of first round knockouts and it's kind of weird because my cardio is one of my my greatest tools so I would be I would love to get to the fifth round at some point in my career and be able to, to dance to dance on everybody uh, in the fifth round like I do in the gym. So um, that, I will leave you with that. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's kind of in line with what we were talking about, the defensive tools and certain things like where maybe you haven't even shown like the full depth of what you have. So no, definitely exciting to hear and underscores that idea that the next fight's going to be even more exciting to peep. So yeah, again, thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio, man, and have a good rest of your night, man. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. Have a great one.